Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hoping for sudden victory. This is Ellington, drives in, scores with three-tenths of a second left. Wayne Ellington drove baseline, and the Heat have defeated the Toronto Raptors. Nothing makes me smile more than a guy taking the ball to the basket with a game on the line instead of a step-back three or some horrible pull-up jumper that he's been dreaming about taking in that same situation. Sekou Smith here, Hangtime Podcast. My partner in crime, Greg Anthony, is on the road. Players only, baby. Somewhere flying the friendly skies trying to find his way back to earth. But that's all right. We got an ample replacement for GA this week. My man, D-Town's finest, none other than Vince Goodwill of NBC Sports Chicago, joining me here on the podcast this week. Vince, what's up, sir? What's going on, Seiko? I'm good, man. Just scratching my head, as always, at the uh, standings in the Eastern Conference. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Miami Heat all of a sudden are playing like the team we thought they might be in the preseason, moving into a tie with Washington for that fourth seed. The Raptors are suddenly without Kyle Lowry because of a back injury. And 4 through 10 in the East separated by all of four games. You know what? Crazier things have happened since you've watched Chicago do crazy things all this season. Zach Levine coming back. What will that do for this Bulls team, and how much more will they muddy the waters on that supposed lottery pick they're cashing in on this year? They were like, you know, they had their hands in a little bit of the dirt of that lottery. Now they're going to start bathing in mud if Zach Levine comes back and gives you some 25-point games and helps you win a few more games than you should. What it also means, cool, and this is what excites me, it expedites the tanking process. Right. It means everything must go. <laughs> Maybe even you. Exactly. That's my motto for the rest of the season for the Bulls. Yeah. Everything must go because I think Zach's going to be fine. And I think in relatively short order, he's going to be able to help you win games, which means you better trade Nikola Miritich or Robin Lopez or whomever to ensure that you secure the Bagley or whatever, you know, local for Luca Doncic <laughs> or whatever these hashtags that we're going to come up with over the next few months. Say, cool, the Bulls got some work to do. Yeah. Seriously, what got into Miritich after he got clocked? He came back playing like uh, the ghost of Michael Jordan or something day. I mean, he was, he was insane. <laughs> Sometimes when you get put to sleep, you wake up. <laughs> Sometimes, not to make light of it, but, you know, say, cool, you know how it is. Sometimes, you know what, I, I, honestly, I think it is. I think you're looking at a guy who, who thought too much his first few years. And whenever something happened, like last year, he had appendicitis that put him off for a few weeks. And then he came back and had a blazing March. His rookie year, Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler were out for the entire month of March. 
So he lit the world on fire. Right. So usually it takes some catastrophic event <laughs> to happen to sort of send Nico into orbit because he is a talented guy who can score inside and out. He can rebound. He can pass a little bit. And I think that incident with Bobby Portis just sort of almost freed him to a degree. Mm. You know what? I'm not going to be here long. I got to play my value up. I don't want to be here. They don't want me here. What do I have to lose? Yeah. So Chicago aside, what's going on in the East? I mean, are you are you as confused as I am watching these teams take turns basically every other week jockeying for position? Somebody rises, somebody falls. I mean, it's just crazy. It, it, it's amazing. Like one week, you know, to start the season, I thought the Milwaukee Bucks were ready to sort of take that next spot in the Eastern Conference. And then the next week, I thought it was the Detroit Pistons. Right. You know, I thought they have, were starting to put things together. And then you think the Washington Wizards, and it seems like every team out of basically 3 through 10 or 4 through 10 almost has sort of had their moment in the sun to a degree. And now it's the Heat's turn, and with the front office they have and the run that they went on to finish last year, could they be the most stable franchise out of the bunch? Because Milwaukee, to me, Seku, they got one great player, two good players, and a bunch of eh. Yeah. The Pistons are team schizo. The Pacers are a nice story for right now. The Washington Wizards can't be trusted under any circumstances, in my opinion. Under any, I don't care what I they agree. do. They I can't agree. be trusted. I agree with so you. So why not the Heat? Yeah. But it's the Eastern Conference. It's just crazy. I don't think it's going to be boring. Though. At least put it like this. It may not be high on quality, but I think it's high on excitement. And yeah. if nothing else, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be drama down to the final stretch. And that, that really includes the Celtics, the Raptors, and the Cavaliers. Even in the standings where they've made, you know got a little separation, there's still a lot to be determined by those teams. I mean, what's up with Cleveland? All They, they got on a roll and were doing it. And then all of a sudden they've gone back to – not being able to guard anybody, everybody questioning him. I saw LeBron do rag on the other night, you know, letting the world know that he could give a damn about plus minus. Is this just his normal stretch where he goes into the chamber and, you know, and starts subtweeting and agitating or what? I mean, what's up with Cleveland? You, you know what? First, we got to address the whole do rag thing because <laughs> you can't have that little bit of hair on top and be wearing a do rag. Nah, look. When that day comes for me, say, cool, I will retire the do-rag and I will retire the waves and everything that comes (laughs) with all of this. It ain't that day for me, but that day has come and gone for LeBron. That is the deal you make with the devil when you are at year 15 playing the best basketball you've ever played in your career. I'm sorry, you just can't can't have it all. Now, getting to Cleveland, to me, it's almost a carbon copy of what they went through last year. And in most seasons... That would be good enough to win a championship unless you're playing the Golden State Warriors at this particular juncture with KD and Steph and everything they got going over there. That defense is bad. And you add Isaiah Thomas to it, that ain't going to make it better. That's just going to make you feel like you can outscore opponents. But right now, they're not even outscoring opponents. Well, they've lost five out of six, five out of seven. Well, and you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable with a guy like Isaiah as much as I love him. You're even Mm -hmm. more vulnerable on the defensive end now because you got a mismatch the other team has a mismatch on every possession. And not only that, say, cool, what are your defensive principles? Like, you know, if the ball being in LeBron's hand is the best option on offense, right? Right. Clearly, with his decision-making everything else, and then you run Dwayne in the second unit. To me, what is your identity outside of that? Because you tried to be this three-point shooting team that you were last year. Yeah. You know, basically almost as good as Golden State, and it didn't work. This year, you sort of embraced a little more diversity on offense, but your defense still stinks. 
So while it may only help you win 50 games in a regular season, it's going to be good enough to get you to the finals, right? Yeah. Answer me this. I, and, I, and I said this on NBA.com on, on our blog table this week about Cleveland. I think they got so enamored, Vince, from an organizational standpoint of the way Mm -hmm. the Warriors play and wanting to match and beat the Warriors at their own game that they just abandoned this notion that they're a defensive-minded team. Like, we could grind like that and play rugged, nasty defense and be physical, or we could shoot these threes. And everybody could feel good about this. Choose that strategy, ain't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, like, what do you think in Cleveland? You're not going to beat the Warriors at their game. You might beat everybody in the East playing like that. that that's, why, that's why I think this is such a tricky proposition going forward. Unless you're LeBron and you're thinking something's going to happen over there to those guys that's going to allow us to beat them. I think we're going to see a carbon copy of what we saw last June. Whether it's five games or six games, Cleveland became so seduced yeah. as opposed to looking at them and saying, look, we took a 2-1 lead on that Golden State team by muddying it up a few years back. And Golden State wasn't ready. They, they weren't ready for that type of game at that point in their development, but that's how Cleveland got a lead. And then when they felt like, oh, you know what? We can out-talent and out-shoot Golden State. No, you can't. No. That's not possible. And unfortunately, they're going to learn that lesson the hard way in June, unless, unless Steph gets hurt again or Kevin Durant gets hurt again. Say, cool. I see this being a dead end, like a yeah. high and hard ceiling, but this going to be a dead end again. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Vince Goodwill of NBC Sports Chicago joining us this week on the Hang Time Podcast. Vince, who is set to, to benefit more from the return of a player? The Bulls with Zach Levine or the Bucks when they eventually get Jabari Parker back? You know what? This is going to surprise you. I would say on the floor, the Bulls will benefit more from Zach Levine coming back because now you can sort of see, all right, they got Larry Markin in that four. Chris Dunn is a revelation at point guard. Now you got your, presumably your $100 million man, right? And right. Zach Levine, like right. he's going to get that back this offseason if the Bulls basically decide not to play with him. Mm. But the Bucks, to me, I think Jabari is much better as a trade chip than he is as a as a player on the floor. Really? You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. think offensively they're fine to a degree of Giannis taking up the possessions he takes up, Middleton, and then Eric Bledsoe. I don't know how Jabari Parker fits in that. I think he's much better if you can get somebody like DeAndre Jordan or get two or three role-ish type of players, good players like Brockton type players, mm-hmm. you know, comparable at their position, as opposed to adding a guy who needs the ball so much, who takes up a lot of the floor. And when he left, like he thinks, you got to think about Jabari Parker being a second pick in the draft. Yeah, Everything Giannis is to a large degree, Jabari thought he was going to be coming out of Duke. Sure. And sure. I think, I don't, know if, I don't know if he's ready to see to the new world order <laughs> that, <laughs> that it is in Milwaukee. Yeah. And maybe he shouldn't. But I, I think that there could be some friction going on there if Milwaukee doesn't trade. The rumblings I've heard, though, is that Jabari has looked extra explosive. I mean, these are just workouts and... You know, mm-hmm. getting his lather up, but they, I, I keep hearing like, man, you are going to be stunned when you see how bouncy he still is. And that the second ACL, those I know. I, listen, I would have just have assumed Vince that he would be not only physically wounded but emotionally wounded, like doubting himself and you know not believing that he could make it back. And and I've heard everything to the contrary. All I'm hearing is that he looks fantastic. I believe that he's a mentally tough kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just being a, being around him just a little bit, you know, being in Milwaukee, being not far from the road from Chicago and me visiting up there a few times. Right. You know, I've seen him work out before games. 
And it seems like it's strategically planned to have Jabari Parker work out an hour and a half before the game, <laughs> before everybody else gets out there, right. so everybody can see that he's back. Like I've, I've seen him go between the legs for a dunk before. Right. I've never seen him do that. Now, does that mean that he fits Good point, yeah. in what Milwaukee is trying to do? Does, does Giannis need a, a scorer who takes up that much space in the way that Jabari Parker does? Right. I don't know. And to me, that makes it intriguing, and I'm curious to see what he looks like, but I'm also curious to see how other teams value Jabari Parker around the league because isn't he kind of what the league is moving away from? Uh, A ball-dominant scorer who takes up the entire floor with this whole pace and space movement that we're a part of. I mean, his shot was coming, though. I mean, his his outside shot was coming before he got hurt. I'll give him credit that he was stretching out a little bit. But we'll see. What are the first-round matchups, Vince? Just projections that you look at and say, I'm I'm curious to see what this looks like in the first round. If if we're talking if we're talking league wise, then that's four or five in the West. If it's Minnesota and OKC, boy, yeah. you got something there because you got Russell Westbrook. Assuming that that's where they stand, I don't think they get any higher mm-hmm. than, than five. And you see what what those boys are doing in, in Minnesota with Jimmy Butler sort of taking the next step over there and not necessarily giving Carl Towns and Andrew Wiggins that space anymore like he's leading them now. Right. And then compared to those old dogs in OKC with Melo and Paul George and everything that's swirling around there, to me that seems like such an intriguing first-round series. To me, that's so that's literally like the, the series, not from a market standpoint, but just from a pure basketball standpoint, say, cool. Right. I'm curious to see if that winds up happening. Right. I'm curious. I mean, there's just so much to be determined, of course. Yes. Before uh, we before we move on to some other topics, what, who you got All-Stars, East All-Stars? I, I know what the first Ooh. voting total said, but what's your East All-Star starting lineup? East All-Star starts now. This is a good if one. You pick it. I, I got, mean, yeah, I, if you just, if it's up to you. LeBron and Kyrie, mm-hmm. obviously. Giannis. Mm-hmm. What I, I would probably put DeMar DeRozan as my starting two, and if I had to pick a center because you got to pick one, then I'd go with uh, the big fella out of Detroit, Drummond. Oh, you go with Drummond over in B? Our availability. Yeah. Me mean so. Yeah, yeah. What about you? I got no problems with that group except for at the five, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I've been more critical of him than maybe anybody. I might have to put Kevin Love in that starting five. Whoa. Love, Love has I mean, been, he, but he's been playing well. He's, he's been, been playing, playing really well, and they well. played him out of position all season, and he has balled. I got to give him credit. He has Ball, but I understand why the fans want to see Embiid in there. Definitely. I think I think Bradley Beal has had an All Star season and should definitely get some consideration. Mm-hmm. For, you know, and should be on the East All Star team. But it's weird. There's a lot of the talent has been dispersed. They used to be in the East now, so there's some open slots. I'm not sure Victor Oladipo. Who else is going to fill those? It's going to be real interesting to see. He's got to make this. He's got to. He's got to. He must. He must. Um, but what about Tobias Harris? You can't take, to me, you can't take two pistons. Right. I know Charles so Martin you think Drummond is definitely, from, you think Drummond is definitely getting the spot then, yeah. He, he's got, he's got to. If, yeah. I, if I have a vote, I'm not saying I do or don't, but if I have a <laughs> oh, vote. Oh, everybody's going to know in a few. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> if, if you're on that voting panel, that media voting panel, it's going to be out sooner, sooner than later, so. Oh, they put your they put your name to that stuff now. Oh yeah, they're gonna put the names oh. out. They don't tell. They don't say who we voted for specifically, but they they're so gonna wait. put out the list of. Oh, I voters. got problems with that. <laughs> How they gonna put our names out there if we're part of this voting panel, but we can't find out 
who the two captains are picking in the uh, I don't, top vote getters. I don't, Why can't we televise that? I don't bite the hand that feeds us. I just I do what I'm told. And I guess I outed myself already by being on you're, the panel. You're not, so. you're, you're not a big baller right now, Sabre. <laughs> you got to bust the trend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying in my lane, man. I'm, there you go. <laughs> I'm staying in my lane, Vince. And speaking of, we need to get John Schumann to uh, stay in his lane. And he always comes on the po- podcast here, Vince, with his uh, Schumann stat every week. And I need you to hold it down for me and be a part of the John Schumann Schumann stat this week. So hold on one second I'm, while I'm we... Let's yeah, hear. Let's, let's, let's hear what Schumann has to say. Fellas, what's up? Shoe, what's up, baby? What's going on? Nothing. Look, I, I got some reinforcements. Vince, Good, Vince Goodwill's going to uh, help me battle All right. battle trivia today since GA is somewhere in the <laughs> wind. All right. So I was looking at our uh, player track or our tracking stats mm-hmm. uh, on NBA.com uh, via Second Spectrum. You know the the cameras in the in the uh, in the ceilings of all the arenas that track every movement okay. of all ten players in the ball on the floor. So I was curious as to um, what teams lead the league in either in ball movement and player movement. Okay. And I thought the player movement one was kind of interesting. So basically it took time of possession, which it tracks, mm-hmm. and then took distance traveled on offense and then sort of divided it. Just figure out what teams traveled the most miles per 24 minutes of possession. Basically, so who, who who's moving the most per per minute of possession? And I thought it'd be interesting to see if you guys could figure out like who's in the top five among teams in player movement. That's just for the whole league. For the whole league. Golden State. Golden State is not what? in the top five. What the? Wow. They are number two in ball movement. Passes per okay. per minute of possession. All right, number two sense. in ball movement, but not in the top five for uh, player, player movement. Player movement. Okay, that makes sense. Player movement. I'm trying to think who plays like that. Boston. That's what I said. No. Boston. Not Boston. Wow. No, Golden State is sixth. So you guys are a good guess. Golden State is sixth in, in, in player movement. Boston is 23rd. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> what about the shocking. Brooklyn Nets? Brooklyn, no. Brooklyn is 11th in player movement, 8th in ball movement. Who? I'm trying to think who would be moving like that on offense? Who's got a... This I'll is tell a you trick what. question because it's always, it is a trick question because like the top five, none of them are really good offenses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about Atlanta? Nope. Okay, never mind. Tenth and uh tenth in player movement, third in ball movement. So they're top three in ball movement. Okay, okay. Man, this is this is weird. I never thought about it. I never even gave gave this. What a team does talk. what team does Vince cover? I said it's just a trick question because of, of the Bulls. I asked that question. Huh. The Bulls are saying? number one in player movement, and they are at 11.3 miles per 24 minutes of possession. They rank 29th in offensive efficiency. You got to be joking. They do, so they do a lot of running for free, basically, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. They could be fun to watch. There was a game I was watching last week. I forget who they're playing, but they had a really good offensive first half, and they were fun to watch. Like, when they no, moved the been, ball they've been and—, and They've been a lot better offensively. I will, yeah. I will give them that. So, the right. bo- they, they, so the like every once in league? a while, they it starts, it clicks. You know, I know, but they they lead the league in player movement. Yep, they move Come around. On. They move around a lot. Say cool. Fred Hoiberg's system is like D'Antoni on steroids without <laughs> the ball. <dominant laughs> <point guard. laughs> 
Number two, Basketball. number two is an improved offensive off of from last year, but still middle of the pack as far as offensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. Atlantic Division mm-hmm. team, Toronto. Nope. I'm done. This not, week I'm out of Brooklyn guess. already. Not the Brooklyn, Clippers? not Toronto. So an Atlantic Division team, not the Knicks. Yes. Nope. The last we've mentioned every Atlantic Division team except this one. The Philadelphia 76. Really? They are number two in player movement and number one in ball movement as far as passes per minute of possession. We're going to blame that on Ben Simmons? I'm not, I mean, there's a little bit of the, the ball movement. It's always been there. That's They've they've sort of built that offensive structure from day one under Brett Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, they just didn't have any talent to, to execute it. You know what I mean? Like, they've been basically using the same system. Um, pace and I thought it was crazy to play at such a fast pace when they had no talent because that's basically you know giving the the more talented teams um, you know more possessions to beat you um, but basically it's 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 now sort of working because they have more talent in it and and you can with player movement you can think of you know Reddick coming off screens right, and right. and Covington right. moving around and you should have just um, you should have just said that it was, it was going to be the lottery teams that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three, number three, another lottery team. They oh. rank 28th in offensive efficiency. Pacific Division team. The Lakers? Lakers. I could see that. I could see yeah. that. Good. Number four, a team Vince used to cover. Detroit. The Detroit Pistons. This Pistons, yes. And lot, then five is Charlotte. A lot, a lot of that type of stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. A lot. But I'll, I'll talk to you, like, from the bottom, as far as player movement, is Minnesota is last. Mm-hmm. Memphis, they're just That's not a bad a team. Houston, you think about it, it's James Harden and Chris Paul running off pick and rolls, and everybody else is everybody fairly else is stationary. Kind of standing there waiting to catch, yeah, yeah. Catch shoot. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, no surprise, right? And Washington, which is a similar, you know, similar to Houston in that it's a lot of pick and roll and and you know Wall surrounding Beal John doing, Wall yeah. pick and rolls off of uh, with with shooters, right? Um, so it's interesting. So it's uh, like in, in both cases, there's like no correlation between. <laughs> Player movement and offensive efficiency, and there's no correlation the between ball movement and offensive efficiency. Like, there are some offenses that don't have either. Like, Houston, uh, uh, Houston is is 28th in both, and they're the you know number two offensive team in the league. Um, and so it's interesting. Like, you know, and, and Oklahoma City was the case. You know, without when they had Durant, they were the number two or three offense in the league, and they didn't move the ball at all. You know, who said numbers um, never lie. Yeah, it's more about talent. You know, like we we like it as an aesthetic thing. Like we love watching Golden State move the ball and we love, you know, I, like I said, I like watching Chicago when when it's clicking, but it doesn't necessarily translate why it translates yeah. to success. Yeah. Huh. Just a lot of running for free cycle. I know. I would have never guessed the Bulls would be the best in the league at, at, at player movement. I guess they, if we want to call it of, that. They, they do a lot of exotic off-ball stuff because they don't have a primary score. So yeah. I can see the offense trying to basically create a whole lot of chaos to get an open shot, a lot of switches and everything, as opposed to like the heavier ISO teams that just have that one guy that can break you down. The Bulls don't have that one guy. Right, right. Yeah, same as like, like with Brooklyn. I mean, they're not in, like I said, they're not in the top five, but they're, you know, top 11 in both of those uh, categories. And it's like if you play with pace – and you move the ball, and you move guys around, the not-so-great defenses are going to lose guys. And then it's just a matter of if you can make the open shots that you create and not turn the ball over so much, you know? Like, it's about execution if you can just sort of get defenses to move and, and, and find open shots, and, and, you know, as long as you don't turn off, turn the ball over and you can actually start to make those open shots, then 
then then things will work. Because I, I mean, I remember watching Brooklyn against Cleveland early in the season, and Brooklyn was just pushing the pace, and just the Cavs just couldn't keep up defensively. They just didn't have it within in them to to like just stay with guys at that pace. And, and that's one that game. These Cavs couldn't stick up and stick around right. with the 99 San Antonio Spurs that only played on one side <laughs> of the floor. So I wouldn't expect them to keep up <laughs> with teams yeah. that just go up and down. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's interesting, Shu. I don't, you know, as usual, you've... Uh... <laughs> that, that was a tough one. I mean, I wouldn't, like, off the top, if I didn't do the research, I wouldn't have guessed the Bulls, you know. Yeah. Like, that would have been, that as much as I dig into the stats on a daily basis and, and try to watch every team. Like, I wouldn't have guessed the Bulls in that, in that case. But like, the other thing is like, you know, we're getting to the point of the season where certain teams just become, start becoming ir- irrelevant, right? right like there's right. teams right now, yeah. maybe five on each conference that just aren't making the playoffs. But I think there's still some, like some of those teams that are still fun to watch and the Bulls can be that on certain nights. Brooklyn obviously can be fun to watch on certain nights and, and they played a lot of close games. The other one I like to watch is Dallas with their second unit is just so much fun with like Berea and Farrell and Devin Harris and is, Dirk. Is, and, uh, is Rick letting them go or is it, do you think more? That second unit is, is, is was killing teams early on in the season. Like yeah. they were like, at, and and they still are a lot of fun. Like if you watch, watch like the, beginning of the, the first few minutes of the second quarter first few minutes of the fourth quarter and like watch like the Berea Nowitzki sort of two-man game they, they've been doing that for 10 years and and it's it's still it still gets younger guys you know flummox when those guys just you know pick and roll you know get to get it to Dirk on a mismatch then Berea store you know keeps running around those guys are fun to watch so like there's some teams this year that, yeah, may not be relevant as far as the standings are concerned or playoff contention is concerned. It's still kind of fun to watch from that standpoint. Well, Vince, now you know what I deal with every week when I get <laughs> tossed in the uh, John Schumann analytics torture chamber. All the trivia questions. All the trivia. I like trivia. I like <laughs> it's my competitive juices flow. I just would never get the Bulls considering how slow they started the season. I know once Miritich got back, they've been playing a lot faster, scoring a lot more. But I didn't think that even with a three and twenty start that they were doing so much running for free. Yeah. All right. Well, look, Shu, I appreciate it. Um, we always uh, look forward to uh, the Schumann stat here on the Hang Time Podcast, even if we do a horrible job, or at least I do a horrible job answering. I'm glad this thing didn't. Glad I didn't need this Vince to get into college or something. Um, <laughs> I'd still be in high school messing with you. Uh, hey, Shu. Speaking of uh, player and ball movement. Any player ball movement you're gonna be doing uh, in LA next month during All Star Weekend? How much? I would love to play some ball. All right, my Vince. family will be out there with me, so I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. I'm putting Vince I'm on the case. Vince, you 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 the master of, of of playing pickup ball. I know know you're gonna know where to find a run out in LA. Seeking out a, a we, we gotta game. we gotta we gotta find a we gotta find a run. If not, we gotta uh, give those give Nike people and tell them to put something together for us. Yeah, we gotta have something. I, I'm gonna come out of retirement for about. Two and a half minutes, so you can track. So you can track me shoot. Just track my ball movement and player movement for about two minutes. Put those special jer- put the special jerseys on it, man. We can, you know, and you will see how stationary my thirty three. I was gonna say so. you're gonna you're gonna see how slow my body movement is when we get out there. If not, if not, I'm gonna try to play. There's there's at the at the week after the All Star Weekend is the Sloan Conference. And they always have a pickup game on Sunday. I usually miss it, but I think I'm going to stick around for it this this year. And hopefully, we get the you know uh, the former president that's going to be there at the Sloan Conference to come out and play pickup too. I That'd heard. be nice. I hope I hope he don't light you up. 
Hope we don't, <laughs> hope we don't fill give you up. Heart. Just give him a hard file. <laughs> Shoe. Appreciate you, Shoe. All right, All right man. Me too. Vince, I, look, man, I, I appreciate you taking some time. I know you're busy. It's all good, bro. I know it's so much going on, man, but it's always good to talk to you and get your perspective, man. The people at, uh, in Chicago and beyond are, uh, are enjoying all that you do on the beat and, and certainly your perspective on the league, man. It's been refreshing. Hey, I appreciate you, big bro. I'll see you soon. I'll be down there in a couple weeks. No doubt. No doubt. I'll catch you in the building. Vince Goodwill from NBC Sports Chicago joining us on the Hang Time Podcast. We appreciate him and John Schumann. No games this week. Since GA is out, I won't have to embarrass him this week on bragging rights, but we'll, uh, we'll get back to it next week right here and the hang time podcast if you haven't already subscribe to hang time on apple Podcasts. new episodes all season long and don't forget to leave a glowing review thanks for listening to the hang time podcast and be sure to subscribe on apple podcast for a new episode every thursday this season and as always say kuna matata